0: We've been talking about the Zaporizhia nuclear power plant in Ukraine, the largest of its kind in Europe, on fire early today after Russian troops uh, fired artillery on it. We do have an update from the IAEA uh, saying that it's put its incident and emergency center in full 24-hour, seven-response mode due to a serious situation at the Zaporizhia power plant in Ukraine. And Ukraine tells the IAEA that the fire at the site has not affected, quote, essential equipment plant personnel are taking mitigatory actions. Joining me now for more is Christian Lupreth. He's a professor at the Royal Military College in Queen's University and a senior fellow at the Macdonald-Laurier Institute. Christian, thank you so much for being here tonight. Good evening, Ben. Um... It sort of boggles the imagination why Russia would target a nuclear power plant, but what do you think?
1: They're trying to turn out the lights. Uh, It's been a strategy in other cities uh, trying to target critical infrastructure um, because they're trying to make uh, life as difficult as they can for local populations. It's a strategy that the Russians employed in Chechnya. It's a strategy the Russians employed in Syria. It's part of, unfortunately, it is part of Russian military doctrine. It's not by accident. It is quite deliberate and quite intentional.
0: But, I mean, the dangers of it... Seem astronomical.
1: Uh, so the Russians would understand these types of nuclear power plants because, of course, they're a Russian design. And so, in that sense, it might be a calculated risk that the Russians are taking here in not. Targeting uh, the actual domes and the actual reactors, and knowing that they need to keep the cooling systems going, but trying to disable the plant more broadly. The, the problem, of course, is like you know th- this is like playing with matches inside a fireworks store. Or so right, it's it's, uh, it's it's you couldn't possibly think of anything more dangerous. Um, but uh, clearly, the Russians uh, believe that this is a critical target for them, given the amount of energy that it generates for Ukraine. uh, This is an easy way to make life very difficult for the civilian population in Ukraine. And so they've decided they're going to take this power plant and the Ukrainians like everywhere else are probably defending it tooth and nail.
0: Certainly it would be one of the most important pieces of infrastructure in the entire country.
1: Uh, Yeah, that's, it's it's relative. I mean, it's it's amazing that the Ukrainians have managed to keep the lights and the power on in as many places as they have. Um, but infrastructure is obviously highly prized in these circumstances. You can see that the Ukrainians have deliberately taken out the bridges around several bridges around Kiev uh, to slow the uh, to slow the Russian advance. And so they would have known that nuclear power plants uh, would be, on the one hand, Uh, targets for the Russians, and that, uh, uh, on the other hand, these would be uh, um, extremely dangerous uh, places. And so sometimes countries will strike deals around these types of critical infrastructure precisely to avert a broader disaster. But it could very well be that uh, Putin is now playing a scorched earth uh, policy, where he figures if the plan goes, um, it's basically going to make Ukraine uninhabitable. And much of fallout is going to be a consequence for Europe, uh, given the way that winds blow in in the region, rather than the consequence for Russia. And perhaps that's a risk that uh, his senior command has decided they're willing to take.
0: Well, we've been talking about the attack, Russia's attack on the Zaporizhia nuclear power plant in Ukraine, the largest of its kind in Europe, on fire Uh, today. Reports say video showed flames and black smoke rising above the city of more than 50,000. That's the city nearby of Energodar. Uh, People streaming past red cars. Now, this came just a day after the UN Atomic Watchdog Agency expressed grave concerns that all fighting could cause accidental damage to Ukraine's 15 nuclear reactors. Uh, Kristen Lupried, a professor at the Royal Military College in Queens University, has been with me talking about this. Um, this sort of incident, does that change the equation at all for allied forces when they look at Ukraine? For NATO? Well, I think
1: it's already changed the equations. The Americans have said that they're going to fly Stinger rockets and they're going to fly them right into Ukrainian territory. No, they haven't said exactly where, but it, that seems to me like a change in verbiage from what we had gotten from President Biden previously, which was that there weren't going to be uh, any American troops on the ground um, at any time because contact with Russian troops uh, could uh, possibly uh, result in World War Three. Uh, and I think what uh, what we see now is that nobody expected the Ukrainian defense to hold up the way it did. The Ukrainians did a fantastic job um, in, in, uh, I think, uh, everybody underestimated their ability to take out Russian light infantry. And so the challenge that Russia has now is they've lost much of the light infantry that they would normally be using uh, to try to occupy those cities. And so the only options they have left is to encircle the cities. Uh, and or to shell them with heavy artillery uh, and with tanks as well as from the air. And so I think there's now in the last 24 hours a significant strategic sort of shift also from a Western perspective that there may be actually a glimmer of hope that the Ukrainians could actually hold uh, key parts of uh, Ukraine uh, that I think everybody had assumed previously were going to fall, and the only option was to start a uh, long-term insurgency. And so, uh, yeah, I think the uh, th- this this is a conflict that is changing literally by the day in terms of what the prospects uh, what the prospects look like. And of course, if you have a nuclear power plant that starts to um, that's even if it's just administrative buildings or so on fire. Uh, I mean the risks that that poses uh, to the cooling systems is significant. So I think that might also possibly change um, uh, some minds about uh, the intervention that will be necessary um, to try to maintain um, a, a sense of safety, uh, a sense of safety in light of, of the significant escalation of risks.
0: When planning or at least gaming this sort of attack, um, I'm assuming that that NATO Ukraine have looked at the sensitivity of these reactors and know have a fairly clear idea of what could happen or how at least what they need to do to defend them or protect them.
1: Yeah, we do have expertise on this, right? So because some of the Eastern European countries um, also have some expertise with this particular technology. And so we actually have NATO members uh, that uh, that can bring to bear some critical know-how. Plus, of course, the United States is, um, has, has, has long had an interest in uh, understanding Russian nuclear technology. The challenge is, of course, how, if you needed to, how would you get into a war zone uh, in order to try to um, uh, into, to mitigate um, the repercussions uh, of, uh, of a critical incident at a nuclear power plant. Uh, that in itself would require negotiations between the Ukrainians and the Russians, uh, similar to the humanitarian corridors that they are now negotiating to open up. It would basically require all the forces to withdraw so that you, you could send in uh, a special team to try to assess the damage and figure out how you mitigate, uh, how you mitigate that.
0: A spokesperson for the Japarisia plant uh, said in a video tonight that they demanded that they stop heavy weapons fire. There is a real threat of nuclear danger in the biggest atomic energy station in Europe. Another uh, interesting observation was that the shelling could cause a major radio, radioactive release, but it's too soon to tell whether, A, that will happen, and B, if that's what Russian forces intended, obviously. If it does happen, though, it warns how big the release will be um, is also unknown. But the most crucial thing for maintaining safety of a nuclear plant, of course, is to keep the core cooled. So there isn't a lot of time here. To there's not There can't be a siege around this facility. It has to be staff have to be safe to be in there, to be operating it, if, I'm, if I'm correct.
1: Yeah, and that appears to be also the the um, deal that was struck in Chernobyl, uh, that the Russian troops basically moved through Chernobyl, but the Ukrainian employees um, so, so whatever sort of is uh, whatever sort of Ukrainian protection or so was there um, appears to have been sort of uh, maintained um, so the Russians sort of took a wide berth around it and disturbed some of the soil um, but basically uh, left uh, left the facilities or rather the, 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 the wreck of the facilities and the few people who are guarding it uh, in place um, but in this particular case of course uh, uh, it's a very different circumstance when uh, you have because the Chernobyl plant also has much, I mean, the, the location is very different. This plant is basically right. in the center of uh, the most populated uh, areas within Ukraine, which is why this plant was built there, so they can distribute electricity to the most populated, uh, to the most populated centers. So the, the significance in, in this particular case of trying to make sure that you, on the one hand, keep the plant operating, um, but at the same time, Russian troops trying to take the plant, this is a gambit of the highest proportions uh, that you could possibly imagine.
0: Yeah, I've actually driven past the Zaporizhia nuclear power plant. It is absolutely massive. It is it is one of the biggest things. Uh, it's it's striking at how big it is, um, and it's about five hundred kilometers from Chernobyl. If you need a reminder of what this sort of uh, you know what the dangers are here, what will you be looking for in the next twenty four hours or so, Christian?
1: Yeah, I think the next week or so will be telling. I think what I'm what I'm really watching is the extent to which Uh, Russia is running out of time. Uh, There's a broad assessment that Putin has all in about two weeks uh, to achieve his objectives. And so the Russians are going to get more hurried. uh, Their troops are going to get more frustrated. Their morale is going to break down. And as we see, more and more of their equipment is going to break down because it's poorly built to begin with and it's poorly maintained. Um, And so the more frustrated the Russians get in achieving their objectives... Uh, the more uh, cruel weaponry they're likely going to bring into the fight, in particular uh, air capabilities as well as heavy artillery and tank capabilities, simply to steamroll uh, the Ukrainian defences. And so, uh, I, I think we're going to see some absolutely egregious human rights violations because the Russians have not uh, have not tapped many of their most aggressive. Um, uh, capabilities that they have at their disposal, and so I think the the violence I fear uh, is going to escalate significantly.
0: One can only hope that that's not the case, but everything so far in this war has proven otherwise. Uh, Christian Lupreet, thank you so much for your time tonight, and thank you so much for uh, for your insight on this, on this emerging and breaking news.
1: Thank you, Ben. Have a good evening.